Welcome back to Bachelor on the Couch, the podcast where comedy becomes clinical. Today, we're talking about coping with the uncontrollable and working through body image challenges. So as always, that's Liv. That's Jenna. Take a seat on the couch. How's Boston doing? It's like a mix of rain and snow. Same. And it's really gross. And my sinuses are atrocious. I want a snow day tomorrow. I woke up, looked outside and genuinely contemplating calling into work. And I told that to my supervisor when I saw her today. And she goes, well, I see that you're here. (laughs) That is true. Yeah, I just might not show up tomorrow. I I would say that, but I work from home tomorrow. So, oh, lucky me not showing up is me not showing up to my living room. We love hybrid. Speaking of working from home. (laughs) Pendy, pendy, pendy. Pendy, pendy, pendy. Yes, being working from home, COVID really took its heart today and took uh, Zach aside this week. Yeah. Can you believe it's been three years since the pandemic started? Yeah. Wow. Because next month's March. And that would be March 2020. Yeah. That is disgusting. I remember me and my roommates uh, were were like, oh, my God, like we're just this is just going to be two weeks we're going to bake so much bread. We're going to do puzzles. We had no clue it was going to be a full-on lockdown. <laughs> yeah. question, question, where were you when the world shut down? With the exact moment? Yeah, do you remember? I remember. Uh, Well, like you- I had to work through the whole pandemic because I worked in the hospital. Mm-hmm. So I'm pretty sure I was there. Yeah, I remember because it was during our spring break. When that all happened, when we initially first got emails and it was spring break and I had just flown back to Boston from Chicago so that I could make it to my internship that day. Leaving the internship, we get the email saying, don't go to your internship. (laughs) And then that night I went to work at the bar that I worked at. And that night they were like, yeah, go home. So a bunch of us just like sat at the bar and drank while we were getting all these notifications of the world shutting down. Oh, and that bar doesn't exist anymore. Oh, I miss that place. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Yeah, it's approaching three years. And outside of the weird um, Logan situation last season, this is the first time I think it's really impacted fully, fully the show. Yeah, I was honestly surprised that he even did anything virtually. Because mm-hmm. usually when that happens, they they just like cancel the roast ceremony but to take it virtually was an interesting experience (laughs) i was getting like flashbacks to grad school classes the rose ceremony reminded me of my graduation i think you got an in-person graduation i didn't so it just reminded me of graduation and sitting on my living room couch like dressed up with our family being like I was there. I came over your apartment. Yeah. And I took a video when it said your name. (laughs) Yeah, it was the weirdest, most anticlimactic graduation ceremony ever. But, you know, then we had champagne and it was fine. (laughs) Champagne fixes all. 
<laughs> yes, yes. Yeah, I was getting hardcore pandemic graduation vibes. Yeah, I don't know how that kind of worked with the here. Like, do you accept this rose? Like, with him on the screen, on the Zoom screen. I don't know. I feel like I would rather just not do it than do it virtually. Imagine being broken up with over Zoom. Yeah. No, thank you. I would riot. Didn't a lot of people do like uh, Skype dates? I remember that was a thing. I don't like remember. not talking on the phone, not texting, going on like Skype or Zoom, like over the pandemic. I believe it. I hope <laughs> believe it. The virtual video call dates. Yeah. Ooh, for all those uh, virtual first dates, I hope those relationships are going strong three years in. <laughs> right. I hope they've maybe met at this point. I hope. Yeah. Hopefully. And if and if they haven't, it's probably not like an Arabian prince who needs money. Um, mm-hmm. it's probably a scam. Yes. But outside a of fish, if you will. Uh let's talk about some flexibility when things go virtual. <laughs> yeah, that's we're hopping right in to our themes for the week. Yeah. I mean, like I said, I don't know how it kind of worked with the rose ceremony, but the one-on-one dates seemed to go okay. I mean, they still talked and connected over things. They just obviously, like, couldn't do the physical, intimate stuff. Like, make out? Oh, no, they'd actually talk to one another. (laughs) Right. That went okay, In terms of dealing with the unknown and the uncontrollable, that was definitely a situation that the girls were not expecting. And you could definitely see their emotions at first when they were told that Zach had COVID. A lot of them were like crying or upset. That was their initial reaction, but then they were able to become flexible and actually do the virtual date. So dealing with a situation that you might not know is coming is important and like knowing how to cope with that. Obviously, at first, it's going to be challenging because it's just kind of hits you right out of the blue randomly Mm -hmm. and I think that's when the strong emotions come about but I think the girls handled it in a way that was really mature and they just kind of jumped right in didn't think twice about it and in the end it seemed to work out for most of them yeah I think you hit a really good point around they were upset or frustrated or disappointed that they weren't able to spend that initial time with him However, there was also that worry of wanting him to be okay. And then once they found out it was COVID, it's like, okay, the weight of the situation and trying to be understanding while also trying to, in a sense, grieve what they had expected that week to be and what they had maybe wanted and anticipated their time with him to look like. Yeah. And in life, just going to let everyone know, you can't avoid the unexpected. What? I plan (laughs) for the unexpected. Right. That's why it's called the unexpected. So, again, I think they adapted quickly to the situation, and I think it was a great idea for them to even be able to talk to him, even if it was virtual, even if it was shorter, even if they weren't able to do, like, all the fun date adventurous things. It shows that, like, you can still develop a connection with just talking. It doesn't have to be these crazy jump-out-of-airplane dates. There's also something to be said about the ability to adjust 
and be flexible as well as acknowledging that although different connections can still be formed in an electronic virtual way. We think about in 2023 life post March, 2020 shutdown, how virtual connection has really boomed and exploded. And I think about telehealth options for therapy. I think about online dating, as we had said, kind of virtual meetings and stuff that you can still form connections how you want them to look, even if at the time you're limited to maybe virtual formats. All about being flexible. So I wanted to go over some maybe skills or tips for dealing with the stress of uncertainty because we know that it will come up. And I think we saw that a lot of the girls did use some of these skills and tips. Here we go. I'm ready. (laughs) So the first one is be kind to yourself. Also, this is from... I have to quote the source, obviously. American Psychological Association. Wow. Um, Be kind to yourself. Some people are better at dealing with uncertainties than others. Eh, You know. (laughs) Um, So don't beat yourself up if your tolerance for unpredictability is lower than someone else's. Remind yourself that it might take time for the stressful situation to resolve and be patient with yourself. Reflecting on past successes... Chances are you've overcome stressful or uncontrollable events in the past and you survived. Give yourself credit. Reflect on what you did during that event that was helpful and what you might want to do differently this time. Developing new skills. When life is relatively calm, make a point to try things outside your comfort zone. From standing up to a difficult boss to trying a new sport, taking risks, safe risks, (laughs) helps you develop confidence and skills that come in handy when life veers off course. Oh, this is a good one, especially for the pandemic, but limit exposure to news. When we're stressed about something, it it can be hard to look away. Compulsively checking the news only keeps you wound up. Try to limit your check-ins and avoid the news during vulnerable times of day. Avoid dwelling on things you can't control, which can, you know, be difficult, but try to not imagine the worst case scenarios or ruminate on negative events. Obviously, easier said than done. Mm -hmm. Just something to think about. Engage in self-care. Love it. Don't let stress derail your routines. Make efforts to eat well, exercise, and get sleep. Many people find stress release in practices such as yoga and meditation. Seeking support. Many people isolate themselves when they're stressed or worried, but social support is important, so definitely reach out to family and friends. Control what you can. Focus on the things that are within your control. Even if it's as simple as weekly meal planning or laying out your clothes the night before the workday, establishing routines gives your days and weeks some comforting structure. I hear a lot of pieces around one, self-compassion, two, focusing on things that feel more valuable and important to you, and three, working to disengage from those like problematic, troublesome, like anxiety stirring factors and thoughts. I think at first the girls were kind of jumped jumping into that fight or flight mode. They their emotional side of their brain kind of took over, asking a lot of like what if questions, like what's going to happen now, but then they were able to kind of like come back to reality and focus on what might be beneficial for their relationship. Yeah, kind of 
acknowledging their feelings, but then pulling it all together to kind of get ready for their little one-on-one dates. And then eventually that rose ceremony. Good job, girlies. Good job. Look at you go <laughs> adapting and practicing your flexibility. <laughs> Hashtag COVID. Pandy, pandy. Pandy, pandy. It was really interesting to have more than half of that episode really be taken up by having to figure out how to adjust the women having to adjust as well as Zach having to adjust as well as the production crew really having to adjust and doing the best that they could in those moments. I thought they did a great job. Me too. While a good portion of that episode was taken up by pandemic related incidences, it was really nice to see in this last in this last week's episode. The only date that really took place officially was Gabby's, which should she be in quarantine, but okay. Uh, Gabby's date, first of all, is what my ideal date would be. Take me shopping. Take me around, like, take me around London. Take me shopping. Liv, if you were to pick your scent, what do you think your scent would be? Something floral. Yeah. Or, okay, the opposite, like, warm vanilla sugar. I could see you being, like, a warm vanilla sugar. Like, a nice, like, rich, like, not one of those, like, bath really? like one, like a, like a rich yeah. warm vanilla sugar. Yeah, so it's either floral or, or that. Two opposite sides of the spectrum. <laughs> Yeah. What about you? I think I would be a weird mix between like peony and like something earthy like mud, like teak wood, (laughs) like something really like light and floral mixed with something like really earthy, you know, like the mahogany teak wood candle. Okay. If you are not smells like cologne, if you are unfamiliar with that candle, that candle, I describe it as what it would smell like after running through a field, being embraced by a young Johnny Depp. That is what I feel this candle embodies. And it's incredible. <laughs> yeah, so that's why I asked, like, cologne right? But it's not just cologne. It's like a warm hug from, like, <laughs> a young timber nectar. After a long run at dusk in the field. That's wow, what you should do, like, an ad for them or something. Johnny Depp, call me. <laughs> But anyway, that like teak wood aspect of it makes it with something like light and fluffy, like a peony flower. Not to be specific or anything. <laughs> anyway, that date of like the shopping spree, I I really resonated with Greer. I think she f- took it really personally that she wasn't on that date with ho- the whole teacup tattoo. Yeah. However, as she felt this would be the perfect date for her, I also felt this would be the perfect date for me. So. <laughs> <laughs> a little empathy but um, something that happened during that date that really stuck out to me was when gabby was trying on the dresses and head was coming out and zach's responses to her was just over the moon like in awe of how beautiful she looked and she really did look gorgeous she's a beautiful beautiful woman but she had said something along the lines of how hard it was for her to feel good in her body and feel confident in her body and the fact that in the moment with Zach that she was feeling not only liked but feeling really wanted without he without having even looked in the mirror feeling beautiful without needing that or seeking that out just feeling really calm and confident based on how he was making her feel which I thought one was really wonderful and two it really got me thinking about how I think body image is something that is a challenge for so many people. We've talked about it before, but I think we can, I don't think we ever finish necessarily talking about this because our physical appearance is often a really big place of insecurities. And so I thought it would make sense to maybe talk a little bit about like body dysmorphia and namely kind of the 
core beliefs that are off underneath when those insecurities are so troublesome and are so present. I said this to Liv before we started recording, but I really view Liv as the all-knowing entity when it comes to body image challenges because she has experience working with that specific clientele. So I feel like a school kid trying to impress my teacher right now. (laughs) (laughs) Well, Liv, as I said to you before, I just think you have so much really great experience and knowledge on this front. I'm looking forward to kind of hearing your uh, thoughts too, as I kind of (laughs) share what I was, where my brain was going. (laughs) Yes, of course. She's the all-knowing one. (laughs) I know, I think we've talked about body dysmorphia before, but just a little context, body dysmorphic disorder specifically, it's a mental illness that involves really obsessive focus on perceived flaws in appearance. Now, this flaw might be minor. It could also be imagined. And people might often like frequently examine how they look, compare their appearance with others, maybe avoid social situations or photos. I I don't want, I can't take a photo if I'm standing on this side because I look bad. And oftentimes with these different insecurities, there's these beliefs that we hold about ourselves, others, and the world around us that we we acquire these things and we acquire these conclusions based on our experiences. And through our life, we develop conclusions, assumptions, or guidelines. And for the most part, they help us function in our day-to-day and try to protect us from any potential physical, emotional suffering. <laughs> However, these assumptions and these guidelines are only really helpful to us so long as they are realistic and somewhat flexible. What happens with these body image-focused insecurities oftentimes is that these assumptions or these guidelines that we set for ourselves are typically comprised of like if then statements so for example like if people see the real me then they will be disgusted or if i can just blend in then other people will accept me if i see this problem then everyone else must notice it too if my eye keeps being drawn to this pimple on my forehead then that is what everyone is looking kind of those really rigid if this then this these negative thoughts can look a lot of different ways they can be unanswerable questions why do i look like this why can't i look like them This pimple ruins my entire appearance because I've broken out, because I'm having acne right now. That means that my entire being is just ugly because this shirt isn't fitting right. Wow, I'm so fat. Kind of different beliefs that can pop up that become really problematic regardless of whether or not they're based on anything factual. It just sucks. (laughs) These different core beliefs that we accumulate and that we put these really rigid, unfair expectations on ourselves to look or present a certain way. And if such, when we're unable to meet those, really having that hurt our self-esteem. I did a shoddy job with that, but are there places in terms of negative core beliefs that can pop up that you've really noticed as pretty common? Well, I was going to go back to that definition you gave of body dysmorphic disorder, and Mm -hmm. I was going to point out that the flaw in appearance might be imagined. And I think that's important to note that, you know, when someone looks in the mirror, their body, they see their body as a certain shape, but it might not actually be that shape. It might not actually be that appearance, but because they have these thoughts in their 
mind, their mind is telling them, like, you actually look like that. Like, when that person, like, looks in the mirror, they truly believe that they look differently than they actually are. Mm -hmm. And then they go out in the world, they go around and, and they actually think they look like that when in reality they might not look like that at all and so they're constantly feeling probably judged by themselves and other people Mm -hmm. yeah thank you I think what often happens when we have these insecurities, well, in any place where distress or anxiety exists, we typically try to do things to try to make us feel okay or try to make us feel better. That can look like a lot of different things if it's maybe avoiding taking pictures or avoiding social situations, because if it's not documented that I looked like this, then no one has to see it or then I don't have to be reminded by it. Another common safety behavior when it comes to body focused insecurities can be reassurance seeking. So it's wanting to access kind of validation and or hearing from another person or maybe even reassuring themselves that, well, that's not true. This isn't true. I don't, I don't have this. I don't, I'm not ugly. I'm not ugly. Unconsciously seeking that from others of like, I, I'm just, I'm, I'm so ugly. No, you're not ugly. You're beautiful. And what that is actually doing, although in the moment, the idea is like, oh, maybe I'll feel better if someone can just tell me I'm pretty, right? If someone can just tell me that I'm attractive or someone can tell me that this insecurity isn't isn't there or isn't that bad, in the moment, maybe you feel better. But what the, what's happening is we're actually further cementing that distress and that anxiety. And more importantly, we're cementing and increasing the weight that that negative belief we have about ourselves is. So- What we want to do is by that reassurance seeking is actually doing the opposite and over time going to continue to make us feel worse about ourselves. What I wanted to do is talk a little bit around a couple things that we can do to help challenge and then disengage from these unhelpful assumptions that might be plaguing our brain and our perspectives of our own bodies. The first thing that there's many, many things we could do. But the first thing I'm going to talk about is really acknowledging and working to access the impact that this assumption has had on you. Maybe you're not participating in things that are important to you because of this insecurity. Or maybe you're just overall feeling really crappy about yourself because of this insecurity. How is this assumption that you, that this core belief that you're holding How is this thing impacting you? And by being able to notice that and bring awareness to that, we can start to go, okay, how do I want to not let this impact me anymore? How can I acknowledge that it's had this power for this time and I don't have to give it that power anymore? And fake it till you make it is a real thing. (laughs) The other thing that can be really helpful, and obviously all of this takes time and all of this takes practice, is trying to replace these really rigid, unhelpful assumptions and restrictions and guidelines and trying to look to replace them with more helpful, realistic, and flexible assumptions. So instead of having an assumption around like, I have to have my hair look a certain way, otherwise it's too big and frizzy and I need that in order to look beautiful. Okay, well, I can have frizzy hair. I can have giant Afro hair and still be beautiful. I think about all the messaging around hair, especially in various cultures, and all hair is beautiful. It doesn't have to look a certain way. And trying to shift any rigid, unhelpful things into something that feels, one, more realistic, which makes it 
access to be more true, that's, oh, in the end, going to be more helpful. And I want to highlight in kind of creating and looking for more helpful, flexible assumptions, this need to really build that stamina of repetition. You might necessarily believe the helpful self-talk at first, and it might take a lot of practice, but building stamina and repetition for these things to help us disengage from the negative self-talk is it's a muscle that we have to work out. And unless we start to practice those, maybe it's a mantra in the mirror by practicing them. That's how we get better at helping those become more of our automatic thoughts as opposed to the negative self-talk. I think also with any body image challenge, it's important to go back to like the basics of the function of the body and work from there. So instead of focusing on the appearance, again, like easier said than done, um, really understanding like how can I move my body what does my body do for me? How can I like get adequate nutrition? So really going back to what does my body actually do for me? What is the function of it to take that pressure off the appearance part? Yeah. No, I really like that. That's a really good point. Our body is literally carrying us through our lives and it all bodies are a good body. Awesome. Yeah. <laughs> How'd I do, coach? Great. I'm so proud of you. <laughs> I taught you well. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, mom. <laughs> I think that's all we have for today. Thank you so much for listening. Don't forget to follow Bachelor on the Couch on Instagram and Facebook and Batch on the Couch on Twitter and TikTok. Or check us out at bachelorthecouch.com and send us an email at bachelorthecouch at gmail.com. That's that. Bye.